What the hell should we watch this weekend? Steve Stebbing, it sounds like a movie script in the making, my friend. I love a good heist film, so I'm definitely into that one. What's a good heist film we should watch this weekend? Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky. It's uh, is described as Ocean's 7-Eleven. It's like a redneck heist film that's oh based boy. around a NASCAR event. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh, and Steven Soderbergh directed it. It's got Adam Driver, Channing Tatum, Riley Keough. Oh, boy. Great film. Uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig gives a hell of a performance in it. It's oh, definitely worth it. 2017. Yeah, Lucky. There you go. Okay, so we'll grab the trailer of that. We'll put it up at shiftheads.ca for everybody uh, since it's uh, not on the official list. We're going <laughs> rogue here on this. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a good fly. heist movie, right? We uh, <laughs> and they, The getaway car only turns left. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, we are going to talk about that heist in about an hour, so make sure you stick around. And in fact, the biggest heist guest we've ever had here on the shift, a wanted by the FBI former now reformed bank robber um from a couple of years ago we had his name is kane he's a really great dude he turned himself in he did his time he's changed his life around um but it's an amazing story of him turning himself in so we're going to talk about that here uh, in a little bit first though what the hell should we watch this weekend steve stebbing.ca with the movies and the shows and the recommendations for you about what we should uh, get going Shocker, considering his Twitter handle is Steve Dead. I'm sensing some bias here. Evil Dead Rise is first on the list. What will be, will be. Eeny, meeny, miny. You. <laughs> the little charm at the end is beautiful. Okay, Steve yeah. Dead, Steve Dead. See what I did there? Oops. Yep. Evil Dead Rise. Do you have to see the old ones? Tell us about this one. No, I don't think you need to see the old films to to watch this film um because it's all kind of laid out there for you like why the why the evil is unleashed all this kind of stuff. But it's crazy to think that we've that we've been into these films now for 40 years. Sam Raimi made the first film in 1980 and uh, you know, we've had a sequel and then kind of like a weird sequel with uh, army of darkness uh, as TV series with Ash and the evil dead. And then the 2013 evil dead film. And now Lee Cronin takes this film and makes it, I mean, a film that's been around for decades makes this these tropes his own, like the way that he crafts this new story uh, that all takes place in an L.A. high rise. Uh, he does it so well that it almost feels like he invented it. Um, mm. The cinematography is gorgeous. As far as a horror fan goes, this movie is an, a total masterpiece. It's gnarly from the get-go. Actually, genuinely really freaky to your soul in parts. And uh, just a lovely addition to the uh, Evil Dead franchise. I can't come on. You're a horror fan. You're like, it's a lovely addition. Like, they kill each other. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. You are With weird. lots and lots of blood. 
and practical effects there's really no cg in this and that's what i really also really appreciate about this it's practical effects it's makeup it's it's all the stuff that made horror what it is today so i i really appreciate that and the sound is incredible as weird as you are needs to win word awards so good you need help okay next on the list bo is afraid I'm visiting my mother tomorrow. Do you ever wish that she was dead? What? Bo? Are you on your way? I'm on my way. I just... Ah! It's not safe, is it? Oh, did you need a hug or something here with your suggestions tonight? What's going on? <laughs> I know. Well, this, well, I do need a hug for this one because this one's not playing in Penticton. Actually, the next three on this list are not playing oh, in Penticton, oh, and man. it really bugs me. But the studio sent me a screener for one of them, not this one, which is like one of my most anticipated films of the year. So the new film from writer and director Ari Aster, the man behind Hereditary and Midsommar, two horror films that i feel are also slightly horror adjacent because they're also kind of subversive in their own ways but this one doesn't look like a horror on its surface and basically it has academy award winner joaquin phoenix playing a quiet mild-mannered guy who uh deals with just huge bouts of anxiety who uh has to go who's goes on a journey to visit his mother and uh it is um, what is described as a Kafka-esque odyssey uh, of a journey and uh, leading to kidnapping and so much stuff in between. Uh, lucky for you, Shane, this movie's over three hours long. From oh, my hear. God. <laughs> uh, Ryan's going to love uh, it. Oh, and, 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 and me included. I, I, I can't lie when it comes to this stuff, but uh, this is one of my one, one of my most anticipated. I can't. I have to reiterate that again, and I can't see it. So my withdrawal from not being able to see it is palpable in my cinema mind. Do you think that they're starting to typecast Joaquin Phoenix? It's like they're okay. Well, tell me about the character. The character is weird. We need Joaquin Phoenix. I I think a lot of people write with the hope that Joaquin will find a connection with it because I I think that he's he's an artist in a way that. He's not going to do any project just because a manager, an agent or something tells him to do it. He needs he, he's one. He is one of those deep character guys. And he is mm. one of those oddities that continues to put out incredible work after incredible work. Like nothing he does is ever half-assed or phoned in. True. So I just, really could appreciate him on that level. Yeah. Still weird, though. Guy Ritchie's mm-hmm. The Covenant is next on the list. John, you have tellers approaching. You still don't remember a thing. I don't remember any of it. I only remember the interpreter. War film? Yeah, this is a war film. Uh, uh, Basically, you have Jake Gyllenhaal playing a U.S. Army sergeant who is... uh, um, wounded in the field and has his life saved by an Afghan interpreter named Ahmed. And then after John goes home, uh, he 
finds out that Ahmed and his family were taking ho taken hostage by the Taliban and goes back to Afghanistan to uh, save the man who saved his life. And I mean, this comes from Guy Ritchie, the guy who did like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking, Smoking Barrels and Snatch and Rock and Rolla. And honestly, looking at the trailers, because again, I haven't had the chance to see this one because it's not playing here. It doesn't even look like one of his movies. He almost looks like a it's like a, a rented director. There's like a really good script that the studio wants to get made. So they're just going to pick a director to make it. And that's honestly what this feels like. So I really need to get my eyes on the film to see if there is that Guy Ritchie origin originality to it. Um, but otherwise, it's a it's a Jake J Gyllenhaal action film. And I'm definitely down to watch that, especially because the last one he did, uh, Ambulance, was so good and it was a michael bay film too mm. when he does the um the interpreter there and the, it kind of felt a little bit like csi miami a little bit i don't know it was kind of <laughs> like do you even remember what happened i just remember the interpreter <laughs> you know perfect perfect next Way on to the Caruso list <laughs> to catch a killer these people they're just born playing evil Evil is cutting off a bird's wing just to see what happens. This guy is swatting mosquitoes. Why'd you say that thing about mosquitoes? I don't think he's looking for destruction. I think he's looking for relief. What's your name? Oliver Falco, sir. Oh, very cool. Silence of the Lambs Part 2. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, the, the fact that the write-up said that, I think set. Oh, did it really say the that? Bar, just... a, yeah, the, 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 the write up does say that, and that's straight oh. from the studio. And it's that's interesting. Uh, like, I it, just, uh... it, it, it says, it says modern day Clarice Starling. That's how they like yeah. start their synopsis. And I yeah. think it's a bad move for a studio to do that because it sets the bar really high. That's really high. Yeah. Right? The Silence of the Lambs is like an all timer. Yeah. So when you have a thriller like this, you know, a young, intrepid FBI agent trying to to track the uh, the meticulous and 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 elusive serial killer. Um, you better do it well. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you have yeah. to do it well. And ca to, to Catch a Killer has a great setup. And Shailene Woodley uh, does a, a, a solid job in the, the lead role. And I love Ben Mendelsohn a lot, a great uh, Australian character actor. But this movie starts on a sharp decline once you're, the premise is set up and everything. Logic gaffs through it. Ben Mendelsohn loves to yell in this movie almost for no reason sometimes. Uh, he's just really over the top. And then the payoff and the resolution to all of this is just nowhere close to how good the setup was. And it's just diminishing returns as the film goes on. And it just had so much potential. And it just, yeah, we need a, a cool movie like this. And um, To Catch a Killer is just not it. I, um, uh, full transparency here, I didn't read the notes about that. I only dissected it from the sound of the trailer. Mm -hmm. So I now I realize that you actually had that in your notes, Silence of the Lambs, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I didn't mm -hmm. read that. That was just from hearing the trailer <laughs> that I said that. Yeah. And honestly, it's like the whole way the ad campaign has been playing it too. And the ad campaign is not really huge for it because I honestly didn't hear about the film till about two weeks ago. So the fact that they're leaning into these, you know, Lecter or the, the Clary Starling comparison is, I think it's a little bit of a misstep. 
Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, it's stevestepping.ca. Uh, if you want to check out everything that he's got, uh, Le Film Francais Chevalier is next on the list. Welcome to Paris, Joseph. Monsieur, I fear this will not be a kind place to such a boy. Boy has talent, but one in particular that is exceptional. Very well. Ooh, sounds very European. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird this week we're we're getting not uh, this film Chevalier in, in uh, theaters. Uh, and uh, Emily on Blu-ray, and they're both period pieces, which can usually come across as like dry and boring sometimes if they're not well directed or or the script isn't broad enough. But Chevalier and Emily, they both are so, they both take bold chances in their storytelling and stuff that we haven't seen before. And in in Chevalier in particular, um, it, it's this performance by kelvin harrison as uh, joseph bologna the chevalier de saint george uh who is uh the illegitimate son of an african slave and a french plantation owner uh mm-hmm. who kind of rose to the heights of uh, french society in the uh, marie antoinette era um and was just this incredible composer and violin player and the film opens with him um basically um just slapping the heck out of uh mozart in a violin in, in a in a violin off we'll call it, it it's like it's like a rap battle <laughs> but oh, that's funny. in that era that and up. and it's it's perfect it, it's violin such a off. great scene yeah it's a violin off and and they throw down and and uh chevalier just schools him and it's it's such a great way to set up the movie and set up the character which uh, just gets better and better as the film goes on. All right, Chevalier, by the way, is a knight, translates, uh, with a K, as in demi-knight, but like in suit of armor. Uh, It's the shift. Steve Stebbing is here.